All right, hello everybody, and welcome back to Film Nerds Hour. Frick is up, everybody. <laughs> it's uh, it's very hot where we're recording right now. Uh, the AC is out, so so if you hear a bit of a sound of blades moving in a circular motion, creating a current, no, it is not me farting. It is a fan. That is the kind of top-notch humor you can expect from us. Ass blades. Yeah. Don't spoil our new movie. <laughs> what is it where this they summer? <laughs> what is it where they make a joke that Nicolas Cage does uh, every single movie? Was that Family Guy? SNL did that joke a lot. But I thought it was Family Guy, and it was like, it was like, ass integrity or something. Something really it weird. Might have like, been. I know because Andy Samberg did a recurring bit on SNL where he would show up as Nicolas Cage doing a Nicolas Cage impression. And the last, the time that they retired that bit was he came on as Nicolas Cage and the guest, the celebrity guest was Nicolas Cage. <laughs> it was like, oh. And he's like, well, as you can tell, I've only up until recently been able to been into a measly 90% of all movies, which is shameful. <laughs> I, I, oh, I can't imagine how awkward that must have been, though. If you no. Know. Oh, yeah. Oh, of course. I couldn't imagine doing a Christopher Walken impression while he's staring at me. Like, I... Oh, you know, I please don't mind It's, it's like everybody who does those Alan Rickman impressions, if you've seen those from oh, his live. Yeah. yeah. And he's just sitting there like... Yeah. Huh. huh. <laughs> I don't know how to feel about it. He's me. like, you and Benedict Cumberbatch did a Rickman off. And he goes, well, we did it because we like you. Ha! <laughs> Benedict Cumberbatch does an amazing uh, Alan I can't remember the name of it, um, but there's a Twitter that is solely um, dedicated to putting up pictures of celebrities and then saying their name, but, like, it's not their name, but it sounds close enough. Oh. So, so like, one of them, for for, um, Benedict Cumberbatch, his name is Barnedict Cucumberpatch. Idris Elba is Eyeballs Elbows. Uh, Oh, yeah, Iggy Azalea is Zaggy's Xylophone. (laughs) (laughs) Have you seen uh, the, the a lot of those uh, like Instagram stuff where they change their genders too? Yeah, they, I just saw one for Harry Potter and they changed the name as like Harriet Potter, Ronna Weasley, like Ronna Weasley, Ronda, kind of cute. Ronda Weasley. <laughs> I, oh, I, I need to confirm. So we're doing. We're, what movie are we talking about? Uh, <laughs> um, so uh, Battle Beyond the Stars. Yes, yeah, a seminal nineteen eighties uh, cult classic film. Would you say? I, I'd say so. It's one of those, because I believe it's by uh, Roger Corman, too. And for those of you who don't know who Roger Corman is, um, he does a lot, he did a lot. He was pretty much the face of the indie community for a yeah, long time. Yeah, did a lot of good stuff. Um, and a lot of his movies uh, were, were very, uh, very out there. I mean, he did, uh, like, uh, the original Death Race, Death Race 2000 is what uh, it's called, mm-hmm. which I still have yet to see, but I know it has Sylvester Stallone in it. Um <laughs> Very young, so that's just the one. And then 2017, he did uh, The Death Race 2050, and then they also made that remake that really just had him as the producer with uh, yeah. Jason Statham, mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. is still interesting. Good good watch, popcorn movie. Nice, fun action movie. If you like gore, too, you know, check your um, ass. And then if you're like me and you went through a phase, if you guys like Sharknado or that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. you went through a phase like me after I saw Jaws when I was eight and started craving those killer animal movies. I didn't realize how bad they were until I was about 17, 18. And it was mm-hmm. like, God, what am I doing with my life? Um, 
there he uh, he did Sharktopus, mm-hmm. the three Sharktopus movies, which was uh, like Sharktopus, Sharktopus versus uh, uh, Terracuda, which was a uh, uh, Barracuda and a pterodactyl mixed together, and then uh, it was like orca whale. Wolf? It was a. It was a wolf mixed with an orca. Whale wolf. There it is. Yep, and it was a. Orca wolf sounds better. <laughs> it does. It just sounds very far out there. And then he also did a uh, the Dino Shark movie, uh, and he also did a Carnosaur, which is part of the. Uh, um. Primeval series. No. Did he do... Carnosaur series. He did the movie Carnosaur, and then there was Raptor with uh, a couple of B-rated actors. Yeah. Did he do... Um, he didn't do Ghost Shark, did he? Is that the one shark no. movie he didn't do? <laughs> no. Um, and then Frank Oz did direct Little little uh, Shop of Horrors, but that's okay. actually cool. But I know that... I think Roger Corman did his own interpretation, too. Mm-hmm. It's been a while since I've seen that. Yeah. We've got to cover that sometime, too, because yeah. I, I, I do love that movie. It's been a long time. we got to do a lot. Like, this is why I love doing the show with you, because, like, we're, our experiences with discovering these movies are so different. You watched Jaws when you were eight? I saw Jaws when I was eight, and funny enough, the only thing that ever scared me about that movie mm-hmm. was not the blood or the kid being mauled or anything like that. No. It wasn't Quinn's death scene, either. It was Ben Gardner's head mm-hmm. falling out of the boat. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think I watched Goosebumps until I was fifteen. Okay, <laughs> yeah, Jaws. The rest of it, I was just in there, and, and I wasn't a morbid kid. No, no. But I used to be able to fall asleep to Jaws. Like that was the thing that I could fall asleep to. The one, um, there's a wrestler, can't remember her name, but she was talking with this guy. She apparently would fall asleep to The Ring. That movie. I still couldn't do that. No, no, it's. Too- See, everybody loves how cheesy those movies are, and they're like, oh, yeah, they're so dumb. Like, I have my friends like that. I'm like, but you wouldn't be saying that. You'd be sitting there pissing yourself if yeah. you saw tomorrow. If she came out of your TV right now, you're telling me you would not die. The thing about rings, that's what scared me the most, because my theory is, why don't you just smash the TV? No. What if you just smash the TV? And then she did, and it didn't do anything. And it, she came out of the flat screen TV and was just like, huh, this is my inconvenience, because now I just have to push it off. And yeah, I'd exactly. be like... What? No! You broke all the rules! What? Yeah. No! <laughs> there ain't no rules. <laughs> but, you know, it's uh, movies like that. A lot of the horror films, too, there was a lot that he, uh, Roger Corman did. Um, yeah. To name some of the other cool ones, he did, like, Cra- Attack of the Crab Monsters. Uh, another good gem that he did was Piranha. The ah. original 1978 with uh, Bradford Dillman and Heather oh, Menzies. Oh, okay. And then, uh, if you've seen... Uh, the second one was actually directed by James Cameron. Which James Which is, Cameron did the visual effects on Battle Beyond the Stars. I did not know that. That's right. He was um, in the credits, and I was like, what is he doing here? Yeah, because he does a lot for those lower independent stuff, too. He had a yeah. lot of sci-fi involvement. Um, oh. but yeah, he did the second Piranha, which mm-hmm. is called Piranha 2 The Spawning in 1980. Mm, okay. And uh, it wasn't popular, but the Piranha actually spawned wings this time. And it really... And they fly. And it's very cheesy, but the special effects are just kind of like... It, it disturbs you in a way. Yeah. Well, and like I understand, like there's the no, there's a logic behind that of like, oh, it's a piranha. How can it stay out of water? And also, if I saw a flying piranha, 
I might just die. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was the other part that they were trying to incorporate into the Piranha Double D, their their modern day remake. Oh, God. Which, yes, that is the name, Piranha Double D, and it's literally just a water park full of giant boobs. Let you us know. know if you want us to review that, because I I'll would have be a delighted. lot of fun. I'd be delighted in <laughs> trashing a movie. <laughs> well, what part? <laughs> yes, and? Uh, <laughs> um, but no, uh, the, the ending for that spoiler alert, uh, is that, uh, the piranhas start to walk on land. Mm-mm. No, no. So they evolve and they're prehistoric piranhas. So they really, they really try to take those elements. I personally, as bad as it was, would have liked to see one more film to see them actually evolve. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just because I don't like living, li- letting series go unfinished. Yeah. Like the Amazing Spider-Man, I really wanted to see something from it, even if it was direct to DVD or like a lower budget. I just yeah. wanted to see something be finished, you know? I or at least wanted to know what they were going to do. I mean, I know that they were amping up for a Sinister Six movie and whatnot, but mm-hmm. it would have still been nice to see it. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're introducing the multiverse and whatnot, but mm-hmm. uh, going back to it, uh, just one quick note too, they also made the 1995 remake, TV remake, uh, with William Cat as Paul Grogan uh, for Piranha. Oh, in that okay. one. And I forget who... Uh, but they also had Mila Kunis as his as his daughter playing Susie Grogan in that one. Be a very young Mila Kunis. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, I'm trying to think of who played... Uh, What's-Her-Face. Oh, What's-Her-Face. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> the, the, the character that Heather Menzies played. Uh, Maggie, Maggie McNown. Mm-hmm. Um... And I believe Bradford Dillman is still alive. No, he died. Wait, what? Aww. He died January 16th, Aww. 2018. Aw, man. But he was also in the movie Bug, which is another good uh, killer killer animal movie. What? I just remembered it. What movie is it where mosquitoes... Mosquito. Drink? Is it actually Mosquito? Yeah. Okay. And I haven't seen that yet either, right. and I need to see it. I was going to ask where mosquitoes, and this is literally the plot of the movie, people... Suck up alien blood. Heather Menzies is dead giant? too. What? She died December twenty fourth, two thousand seventeen. All these good actors that I never. Ah, cult film actors are dying. I we're losing people. Ah. I'm sad. Like, she was in the Sound of Music. She was in Logan's Run as well. Oh, Logan's Run. Yes. I have not seen that, unfortunately. It's a it's a, it's a trip. It's but a trip. Th- I didn't know they made a series besides the movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't think I ever checked out the series, but I knew of it, for sure. Um, How old would James Cameron have been in 1980? Because uh, that's when Battle Beyond the Stars came out. How how old was he now? He's 65. He's only 65! Really? I never would have thought, so... What, hang on. 1980, we're in 2020. That makes it easier. Um, I was just going to do it through a calculator, because when did it come out again? 40. So how old did you say he is? 65? Yeah. He would have been 25. Hmm. Yeah, so he was still fairly young. You know he married Linda Hamilton, right? Yeah, you were telling me about that. Yeah. yeah at one point, and then uh, their, their marriage only lasted like three years. Not even two. It happens in Hollywood. It happens. Yeah, but he's been married seven times. Oh, wow. Huh. Yeah, because who did he marry? Sharon Williams, Gail Ann Hurd, Caitlin Bigelow, Linda Hamilton. Caitlin Bigelow. <laughs> I think that's how you say her name, right? Well, I, I don't know. I didn't know that's a person with like. that name existed until now. Bigelow. That's what it looks like. Let me see. Bigelow, yeah. Huh. Would you guys look at that? Shush. 
So he's been married, what? Uh, well... Deuce no, Bigelow, American Bigelow. Okay, five times, but still, it's a, still a lot. Yeah. And he didn't marry somebody younger than him this time. That was, like, that far. She's only 58. Susie uh, Amos right now. Which, that's seven years younger. At, at 58 and 65, it really... Age gap doesn't really matter at no, that point. I, I, I think it just, like, you know, like... I believe, like, if you're in love with somebody, you're in love with somebody. But then you got, like, Patrick Stewart, who's, like, married to somebody who's, like, 42. It's, like, half his age. Yeah. I don't have a problem with that, though. I mean, I could see it. Patrick Stewart's a very respectable dude. He's a, a very suave very, dude. Are you kidding very, me? He's a very sweet, like, yeah. very awesome dude to be around. Very commanding boy. I don't swing that way, but if he hit on me, I'd, like, think about it for, like, a minute. Like, I mean, <laughs> like, even him as Picard. Him as Picard is scary, though. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Like, a young Picard. Like, you see him now uh, as a sentimental old man, mm-hmm. and you still get that vibe, like, in the series Picard. Mm-hmm. Oh, so good. So um, good. But, yeah, I, I, I'm still watching The Next Generation, even in the movies. I'm sitting there like, you know, Patrick, like, even in First Contact, like, Patrick mm-hmm. Stewart with a gun. Yeah. That's badass. Like, it's scary. Like, I see him, like, and how much muscle he had. Because mm-hmm. you don't really see it. No, no. But you saw and I'm like... His outfit is giant pants and long sleeve sweaters. Yeah, like, but when you... Know s- how is. When you see him with that, with that gun, I was like... Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. I was like, that's actually kind of scary. It, I was honestly surprised that Picard even became a thing. Because I knew for Kirk? a while... No, the show Picard. Oh, because I knew for a long time he was like, he almost got annoyed with it. Like when they would do junkets for like the X-Men movies or whatever. And people would ask him Star Trek questions and he'd be like, you know, I've done like theater, right? Like Shakespeare. (laughs) Well, I think he got used to it too, because it is a big pop culture. I mean, I know like that, like with Harrison Ford's thing, but that's why I like what Mark Hamill said. Mm-hmm. Would you rather be remembered for this? Because Alex Guinness suffered the same thing. Like he, yeah. like you know, he was kind of a kind of a dick about it to one kid. Yeah. Because yeah. he he told that one kid that I'll sign this for you, but you have to never watch Star Wars again. I made the kid cry. Asshole. <laughs> yeah. Sorry for swearing, mom. But <laughs> you know, I was like, who does that to a kid? Because his whole thing was I've done other movies. Yeah. Harrison yeah. Ford, like that's his thing. Indiana Jones and. Mm-hmm. Han Solo. More so Han Solo than Indiana Jones. Yeah, but Harrison Ford does a lot of good... Have you seen he's Fugitive done... yet? I've seen parts and bits of it. Oh. I've seen parts and bits of his other movies. So and he's a good actor. Yeah. I just... It's one of those things, though, that I like. I wouldn't complain. Because you know how many people would kill just to have that fame as annoying as a bee? Exactly. To have something so stable and something that's so, so much fun. Has so many fans. I mean, yeah. granted, when Disney took over, obviously we're not going to talk about politics. No, but no, the no. way that Disney's handled and the way that in my opinion that Kathleen Kennedy and Disney has handled these characters and mm. uh, their lore has been uh, in my opinion as a fan I think it's disrespectful yeah. I, don't, I don't think they justified the characters right mm-hmm. so I mean I understand like you know Mark Hamill and them why they wouldn't want, want to come back I know a lot of the main cast have said that they're like John Boyega they were just mm-hmm. he was just kind of their token boy yeah and he doesn't really want to come back because for Finn just to say the least, for him it was kind of like, "Hey, look at we got a diverse guy in here." Yeah. To say the least. We've got is, our black guy. Yeah. We've got our black guy here, which is like, well, why? Why not expand upon it? You gave him a very interesting arc. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what I like. Like, like you know, I felt like with Finn and stuff. When they first opened it up, you know, 
like a lot of these like Battle Beyond the Stars. Yeah. I like the idea that like a lot of these lower budget movies back then yeah. were so imaginative and you saw like the criminal underside. It wasn't mm-hmm. just about the main character. They really showed like the advancements of this character is a bad guy and they mm-hmm. showed the perspective of the bad guy and like their inner working. Kind of like with Black Hole. It was interesting yeah. to see you know the ship mm-hmm. and to see like all these different robots and stuff which mm-hmm. to be honest they have surprisingly good laser effects. You have to give it to them. Yeah they do. Yeah they do. You've only Even seen like time. You've only seen part of Black Hole. I've only seen like... You haven't even gotten to the twist yet, sucker. Oh, boy. (laughs) We're going to review that movie, too, at some point, because holy crap. Yeah, and, like, a lot of these lower, lower stuff, like, like, uh, like Battle uh, Beyond the Stars, they're, they're good movies because of that reason. And Mm -hmm. that's, like, the vibe I got. Like, the one thing I like that the Disney's interpretation, Mm -hmm. uh, for, for all of you, you're going to know right now, I will never, ever call the EU Legends. Yeah. I am strictly, whatever came first is canon, no matter how much you want it to be. There's only one exception I've made, and that is uh, the Terminator timeline yeah. that I consider Dark Fate to be part three. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is the only thing, other than that, like, is stuff like, uh, you know, that's just inconsistent. I don't want to throw it out there because I don't really want to diss any movies because I enjoy them all. But just to throw it out there, as bad as Jaws three is, I still consider it the third movie. Yeah. yeah. Of course, my popular, my uh, very unpopular opinion is that Jaws the Revenge is still better than Jaws three. Let us know if you guys want our hundred episode to be just us debating both of those movies, which we will both contend very bad movies, but we both think one is better than the other. <laughs> I can't get behind a head floating at a screen for literally 15 seconds. At least 3D in theaters, it looks fine. But, uh... (laughs) (laughs) Well, still. But that's for another episode. (coughs) Dennis Quaid. Oh, I'm sorry. I got a little... Oh, Uh, we we got Lance Guest as a pretty good Michael Brody. Yeah, fair. Fair. Because, I mean, then you see him in, uh, uh... Another good movie, pop culture movie, is, uh... The Last Starfighter. Where, again, you get to see the sci-fi element. Now, what I really liked is that that was like a battle beyond the stars, like those low rent, yeah. meets Tron. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, very cool. And when I'm organizing them, as you can see on my shelf over there, if we mm-hmm. if I upload this to YouTube, I'll show you guys a little picture of my shelf. But I got, like, most of that's Star Trek, believe it or not. Mm-hmm. And then I just threw some of the other sci-fi stuff up there just well, for the fact of Well, remember. like, um... What I liked about Last Starfighter is, like, he, he does the video game thing, he gets picked, and then he shows, spoilers for the movie, but he shows up to the place and they're giving the pilots the briefing, and it feels very final act of Star Wars, but then the base gets attacked and he's the only one left, so it's like, what would happen in Star Wars if only Luke was attacking the Death Star? Right. <laughs> Which would it have gone to plan? Probably not. <laughs> I mean, well, that's I believe the in the Force, but, like... Uh, I don't know. <laughs> but what I liked is that it was really by the skin of its teeth. Yeah. Kind of thing. It wasn't just like, it oh, yeah, close. he did it. It was, whoa, there's... Yeah. There's stakes here. Everyone could die. What? Yeah, and that's like, you know, for example, like what a lot of those 80s movies were. You didn't really have. They were just popcorn, fun sci-fi movies. Yeah, you but had they, an afternoon to spare. <laughs> but they didn't need to have a Hollywood budget going, this is this, this is that, this is this. Oh, no. It was really just, here's our established characters, and these are the stakes. Yeah. And because it was a low-rent movie, you didn't have to really think about 
you know, oh, the hero must prevail because in reality, it was low budget, and you could already tell that you know, yeah. if it was going to be a hit, it was going to be a hit. If people liked it, they did. Mm-hmm. But it was kind of like one of those filler movies. That's why I like to think of the black hole because you know, in reality, the black hole was just supposed to be Star Wars competitor. Yeah, which was kind of dumb for them to think that that was even gonna no yeah. gonna gonna be a thing. And like, I do give that movie credit of like they do the zero G. Which Star Wars doesn't ever do, really, do they? I can't think of it. Uh, that was the sound of Noah's brain breaking. Just the brake slowly stopping. Yeah, exactly. That was the sound of Noah Sweeto breaking while Nathaniel Shoemaker was watching him. He says, realizing we didn't introduce ourselves when we started the show. <laughs> what the heck did you do? <laughs> Well, now you know our names. Yeah, but you, you know who we are. You know who we are. We're your host, Noah Sweeto, yeah. and Nathaniel Shoemaker. We we should like, in case on the off chance we never we forget to like say our own names, because this is basically we're just having a conversation. Like we don't really have a format. I'd say for you. Well, I wouldn't say that, but we should like pre-record us saying our names and just put it in somewhere if we forget. <laughs> right. Ah uh, ah, uh, what's playing? Ah. Oh. Sorry, I started to the, the computer by accident. I'm just trying to pull up the file behind the stairs for this movie. Dude, they can't see us. Let's be more imaginative. He was just attacked by... <laughs> ah, ah. Just attacked by a random alien! Uh, what's happening? He's got a knife. Why? <laughs> we have to do a Pickle Rick to get out of this. Pickle Rick! Alright. So, um. so, Battle Beyond the Stars... I, re- you, I had no idea of this movie. I watched it last night at like two in the morning fun time fun time i'd say you know and you know it's a great movie and especially because its main star mm-hmm. uh is richard thomas yeah who played uh adult bill in the it miniseries for all those mm-hmm. of you who haven't seen it i'm just He's, assuming that our older audience yes. will know that and obviously. our really really older audience would know him from the waltons but I don't imagine that exists <laughs> anymore. My dad knows him from the Waltons. Uh, <laughs> but you know, I just I love those 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 just really B-rated movies. Like there's yeah. another movie called Ice Pirates. Oh, that's a gem to behold. Which I still have to watch. Oh well, there's an episode. <laughs> oh well, there's a castration scene apparently. <laughs> I mean, more manly stuff. Ah, nine percent of Rotten Tomatoes of forty nine, and it could be fun to trash. Um, no. <laughs> yeah, I like those movies where you get the sense that people just wanted to make something, and that's what I like. That's why I don't judge these. Like everybody's no. just like, oh yeah, well, critical stamp put this, and it's like, yeah, but can't they just have fun? <laughs> have fun with it. it. It's a movie, you know, like The Fifth Element. Masterpiece. I just, <laughs> for me, I couldn't get behind it at first because I, I just didn't know how to feel about it. Ugh. But I like it. I, yeah. I think it's, it's fun. Yeah, I was like, I knew how I felt Yo. about it right away. Well, it was the first <laughs> time I was watching it, and I was slowly getting into these more sci-fi. And the first thing I think of is uh, Bruce Willis and Mila uh, jo- Jovovich. Jovovich. Yeah, and then Gary Oldman. Yeah, and then Chris Tucker. I'm like, how do you do this? Oh, Ian Holm was in there too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Rest My, in peace. Yeah. Ugh. My favorite, yeah, I think my favorite scene from um, Fifth Element is when he's getting robbed, <laughs> and like he opens the door to his apartment, and the guy has the hat that looks perfectly like his hallway, and I'm like, when did you have time to make that? <laughs> oh jeez, 
See, it's been a while since I've watched it, but I do remember how much I did enjoy it. He's like, you gotta push the red button to load it. (laughs) Like, he's helping the robber. Oh. Yeah, that's that's a great one. I liked uh, the taxi scene especially, too. I really liked the visual effects for, like, the city. You know, that's something I always wanted to see more of, and what I love seeing in those classic movies, Mm -hmm. too, is, like, the futuristicness, like, Total Recall. It's like, I like the idea of that. Yeah. Because it reminds me of Coruscant, in a way. Mm Mm-hmm. Just one giant city. Yeah, where, you know, there's so many depths to it. Because there could be so many different things. Because mm-hmm. you got to think, if they're flying around yeah. in basic starships that just can't make it to space. Mm-hmm. Very what, base level. Yeah. What, 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 what's even lower beneath those? Mm-hmm. You know, like the thing with Coruscant is that it's a city that builds upon a city that builds upon another city that's built upon the ruins of the other part of the city. Mm-hmm. And in the Legend series, it was a, the original home planet of the Mandalorians. You. EU, sorry. I, I hate I hate that term, legends. I, I, I use it, like, just so people, I don't know. I did, I'm sorry. Please. Ah, please don't I hit me. I'm kidding, too I'm too mad. <laughs> he didn't hit me, guys. That was a, that was me clapping. Um. <laughs> Dang it. Why did you say that? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. No, um. If you guys want to watch Battle Beyond the Stars for yourself before you hear us talk about it more, it is free on Voodoo, uh, 2B. And, you, and it's on Prime, I believe, too. It is on Amazon Prime. That's where I watched it. Or if you don't have Amazon Prime, you can rent it from there or Google Play or YouTube. So uh, it's now 45 minutes. We both agree. Pretty good time. So if you guys want, pause right now, come back, and then, you know, you'll understand all the spoiler stuff we're talking about. And they got, oh, geez, they got a, a good collection. I think this is on Blu-ray or DVD. They have it Ooh. on uh, Shout TV right now. Shout? Shout. Yeah. Let it all oh, out. and it's really good. Thirtieth anniversary from Shout itself. Mm. It's twenty one ninety seven on Blu ray. A little plug. I mean, I wouldn't mind paying for that though because it's no. by Roger Corman. Usually, when you know, I mean, you know, if it's by Roger Corman, you know it's going to be uh, quite interesting. Yeah, it's going to be different, uh, and that's not always necessarily a bad thing. And I think no. I think the problem with movies nowadays, especially sci-fi, is people are just so quick to judge. Like, everybody mm-hmm. has been criticizing Endgame now. Ah, uh, yeah. And I'm like... Did you really think it was going to be better than Infinity War? Be honest. Be honest. <laughs> it's not better than Infinity War. No, it's not. And the Russo said it wasn't going to be. <laughs> and Infinity War isn't better than Endgame either. Because they both go together. They're one big movie. Yeah, they're one big six-hour epic. Like, I don't get why people are so, you know, when it comes to those types of movies, I'm like, you know, one's not better than the other. They're, they're duology. They were meant to be two parts. Mm-hmm. Exactly. The first part is always going to be better because that's where the stakes are the highest. Same there, with it. There's a reason why, with their title... They didn't put part one and part two. Yeah, they were that no on the Marvel slate before they decided on Infinity oh, War and Endgame. That's it why was part, part one and part, part two. two. And they just put Avengers part one, part two, or Avengers four, part one, part two. Mm-hmm. And then they were gonna do Infinity Gauntlet for the second one, but it was like, well, that just defeats the purpose of Infinity War. Infinity War because he forged the gauntlet. <laughs> was, wouldn't that be Gauntlet? And then Infinity War would have been yeah. better for Endgame. But then it was like. The end game is better, and I forgot how they said that one stuck, but... Yeah. Well, cause that, that, I think end game has been used more times than, than people understand in the MCU, like, just the phrase end game. Like, We're in the end game now. Doctor Strange said it, yes. And I think that's where they, they mainly drew it from. But, um... Well, no, that probably mainly, but also in Age of Ultron, 
um, I think Tony Stark has a monologue where he's like, we can fight soldiers and stop arms dealers all the live long day, but up there, that's the end game. And by up there, he's referring to whoever attacked New York in the first Avengers. Yeah, and which was ultimately Thanos. Thanos was pretty much the architect behind almost yeah. every last. Thanos didn't attack it himself, but he gave Loki the army cool. <laughs> and two Loki. Infinity Stones. <laughs> which Loki messed up. Ugh. Yeah. Which, is why, which is why my favorite part of Ultron is I think he kind of knew. I think Ultron knew of his existence just because of how massive Ultron became. Oh, yeah. Because it, I'm, he was the internet. <laughs> well, yeah, and I'm pretty sure that Ultron knew that there was something bigger out there, which mm-hmm. is why he was wanting to assimilate Earth for himself. Yeah, because he, he wanted to, like, have a fighting chance against Thanos, probably. Yeah, because, I mean, all th- that's why, the, like, that best part is when Thanos opens up that thing inside the gun and he says, fine, I'll, I'll do, do it, it myself. myself. And it's and, like, like... That's the most chilling scene ever to be mm-hmm. like, and then to have to wait, like, uh, what is it, 2015? So to wait five more years. Yeah. And, uh, like, 12 movies almost. And how many years did we... 2012 was the first Avengers, so we had to wait, like, eight years after seeing his face. <laughs> yeah, which he was very purple. Oh, very purple. Like, but he became more pink by Infinity War. That's what I loved. Like, real nerds were like, oh my god, it's Thanos. But, like, people who just watched the MCU movies were just like, who's the purple guy? Yeah, it's the purple guy. Sure, we totally know who you're talking about. <laughs> I mean, I had the idea that he was important just because of the mere fact of, you know, that was him. Yeah, yeah. Oh, there's some interesting images of Thanos interesting i don't (laughs) want to say on this podcast people have some uh interesting love for thanos people are imaginative (laughs) people are very imaginative with their fantasies Mm. fantasies involving a dude who wanted to kill half of everything apparently people like very big muscular bald titans huh apparently it's like the rock for them but i was gonna go vin diesel but yeah the rock works too uh batista (laughs) I, I think that The Rock is definitely... Well, but you can't say Dave Batista because he already plays. Oh, are you talking about casting? I was just saying Bald Buffman. Oh, I, well, <laughs> Bald Buffman, I think that Thanos would be the equivalent of The Rock. Mm-hmm. Is 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 The Rock still playing uh, Black Adam? Yes. And, okay, good. Yes, yes, yes. And I think that's what our next episode would be. We should do a superhero one in the college. Well, our next episode, we already know, because we're going to watch a thing and then do it same day you guys won't know any different because it'll be a week apart but it's one day for us <laughs> yeah. oh my god that weird frog oh th- throg no, no 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 the the motorcycle frog from the song somebody put thanos face on it uh fr- motorcycle frog from a song did you just have a stroke what are you talking no. about no look up motorcycle frog I, I don't know if I want that in my search history. <laughs> Just like a motorcycle frog. All right, all right. And he makes the noise. Crazy frog. Axel F. We are going on huge tangents right now. <laughs> but that's really Well, I good. had to point that out because I looked up a Thanos theme before we go back on topic. Yeah. <laughs> and that is something I did not need to see. Huh. Why did... All right. Thanks for burning that into my brain. Well, I'm... Stuff like this exists and I don't know why they have to take those types of photos to put them on products. I'm sorry. What? Huh. See, you look up one thing 
and then the internet is like, you meant this, right? And you're like, no, not even close. It's those advertising images that makes me question whose idea was it to make market those. Yeah. So Battle Beyond the Stars. (laughs) Yeah, very (laughs) much so. Halfway through the podcast, let's keep talking about the movie. I mean... I don't remember except that I just mainly enjoyed it. It was yeah. It was just a, one of those very interesting things that I I really just didn't know what to do. So I just kind of sat back and was like, yeah, be prepared to have a good time. It it says in the description on Amazon Prime, ooh, in the vein of Magnificent Seven, which it really is, because like main guy, main bad guy played by John Saxon of Elm Street fame is the at least that's what I know him from. Star Crash. Star Crash. Yep. Mm-hmm. It was another Roger Corman one. He's, I still have yet to watch that, though. He's going planet to planet to subjugate people, and if you don't agree to his terms, he blows you up. You know, classic villain. Um, it's like a Death Star concept, pretty it much. It really too. is a Death Star ship, isn't it? And, like, so he goes to the planet that Richard Thomas lives on, who they have a very interesting character for him because he's, he's part of a pacifist people. But he has to slowly comes to term comes to terms with the idea that if he's gonna protect his people, he might have to kill somebody. What? Oh, I thought I turned that down. All right, it wasn't ten seconds, so we're not gonna copyright struck from Battle Beyond the Stars. <laughs> well, I was looking at this Star Crash thing to kind of give me a another idea of what it was because I haven't I haven't seen that yet. Mm-hmm. But I know that was on my list because I know that was part of the Roger Corman collection. As yeah, well. yeah. Um, which I know was another. Uh, Thing. And I think they had a lightsaber scene in there, too. Like, their own version of it. In what? Star Crash. Oh, yeah, they do. So, anyway, Richard Thomas's character, Shad, because, sure, sure, Shad, um, he goes to find some, you know, mercenaries to defend their planet, whatever. They, I shouldn't say whatever. It's, it's fun. He, so he goes on the spaceship, is it Nell, I think is the name of the spaceship? I think so, and it's automated, so it talks to him. Yeah, it talks to him. I love her because she just doesn't give a crap. Because, <laughs> like, there's a thing where he's targeting, and he's like, I can't do it. I can't shoot them. And she fires, and he's like, did you just... She goes, yeah, you were taking too long. And he's like, but inorganic life forms aren't supposed to kill organic life forms. And she's like, I know, it's a stupid rule. <laughs> yeah, it's very witty. It's very tongue-in-cheek. I like the, the set design of the ship. It feels very homely, you know. It does. That that was one of the things. It felt very comfortable. Mm-hmm. It like felt like a nice place. you could walk in there. Yeah. No. But, yeah. So the first place he goes, he meets this girl. I'm trying to find her name on IMDb. But she's the love interest. You know she's the love interest. Um. Excuse me. Um, let's see. Let me see. It was a St. Ixum, right? Thanks. No, no. Saint Exum is. Uh, I have some things to say about her in a second. Nanalia. Nanalia. Yeah, yeah. Played by uh, Derlane Flugel. Yes, I think that's how you say her name. Who and pl- she's dead too, unfortunately. Oh, she she was born in nineteen fifty three, but died in twenty seventeen, December fifteenth. Wow, a lot of people from this movie. But um, yeah, she was good as like a. She's pretty much you know your standard. 80s movie fair, you know, damsel, you know, that kind of thing. Like, she's there for the main character to fall in love with. But she does have, like, an interesting character arc in that she has not left her father's robot repair base in her whole life. So she, like, she doesn't know what to do or how to talk to people. She doesn't even know that his species has kissing. Like, <laughs> and that's interesting to me, to, like, bring a character who's, like, 
presumably in early 20s but hasn't left this little space so they don't know how to like interact with humans i guess you know what i mean yeah yeah that's like that's interesting to me because i mean when he comes that's basically the first person that he meets or the first, first person she meets she's ever met she thinks yeah. he's a robot at first and then like her her dad who's like this doctor dude who's full cyborg like all that's left is his head he's like you're gonna stay here and you will mate with my daughter and you will have many children and he's like no <laughs> yeah i don't know how i feel about I that especially when the wanna... father's forcing me but yeah. you know you do you it's okay he says like the line that had me bust out laughing he goes android prepare the conjugal suite and i'm like conjugal <laughs> all right <laughs> cue the music you know and and i really like you know some of those parodies like you know you see them like space balls i gotta watch space balls again. <laughs> why'd you say it with a boston yo you know space the space balls, balls. <laughs> that's always how i said it because i just see it as a parody thing and every time i think of it i just imagine some random dudes going space balls pizza the hut yeah yeah it's like pizza the it just makes me think of Pizza Hut all the time, and then I crave it. That's the, that's the point of it. I know. <laughs> but yeah, so he meets her, and then they go, and she's like in another ship, and they're gonna, they leave her dad's place, and they're gonna split off, and they're gonna, you know, cover more ground and find more mercenaries faster. And the first one we meet is, drumroll, cowboy. What did you think of cowboy? <laughs> I'm trying to remember him a bit more. I got I got a hot soul vibe. Oh, okay, that's kind of that's kind of me as just in general. Mm-hmm. Well, first time we meet him, he's on this like freighter thing, and the first thing the zoom out to look at his ship is that his ship has a Confederate flag on it. It's a different time period, guys. <laughs> Which we won't get political. No, but I have no, no problem no. with that at no, all. No, 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 no. But um, he's getting attacked, so the main character helps him, and. Uh, He's, like, delivering uh, guns to a planet, but the planet gets destroyed by the main villain, so he's like, you, you want the guns? <laughs> what am I going to do with them? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but the, the interesting thing about his character is that he is actually, like, he says a few times, he's from Earth, which is interesting for the sake of, like, oh, he's, like, actually from Earth, so this is clearly taking place in the future, or at least you would assume, right? Yeah. If we can do interstellar travel and the dude's just casual about it, you know? I mean, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. So then, um, God, who do we meet next? Oh, yeah, the, uh, the it cuts back to the girl, and we meet the lizard dude. What the heck is his name? Um, he, I have to actually look that one up. Um, he's the guy who, Fen, maybe? Fen? I think it's Fen. Yeah. Wait, wait. Let me... Or Gar? Uh, wait. Oh, no, I just said it. Okay. Because <laughs> I'm on IMDb, so it's not really... Well, that's why I'm trying to... Find it, and I'm like, I just had it, and I don't know where it went. Uh, and it's not popping up. Ah, I hate Cayman? it when this happens. Cayman, maybe? Cayman, maybe. Uh, is on. it Gelt? I think so. No, no, Gelt is Robert Vaughn. Gelt's right. The, Gelt's the mercenary dude who has nowhere else to go. We'll get to him in a bit, folks. But he's like this lizard dude. You look for his name. But, um, 
his ship, it's not just him who they get to recruit. They also recruit these two, like, small, bald-headed creatures who have a really interesting concept that's not explored more, I think, in that they communicate by temperature. Do you remember that? I th think so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They communicate by temperature, so, like, they'll make you feel warm if they're saying hello or something like that. And, um, and then he also... Gladiator Man is also on his ship. Remember Buff Dude with the, with the spear and the face tattoo? And yes, like, yeah, yes, yeah, yeah. yes, 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 yes. I was like, this is... Did, did you walk on the wrong set from the Conan movie? What is this? <laughs> uh, but he's interesting because the only he, he gets the girl and he captures her and he's going to sell her. But then she tells him who they're fighting and he gets like a whole wants to seek revenge arc because you find out the main bad guy killed his entire species and he's the only one left. Came in. Came in. Thank you. Came in. That's what I was thinking. It's put by uh, Morgan Wo Woodward. Who looks like a cowboy. Yeah, so ironically. Cowboy does not look like a cowboy. Um, and then we get back to Shad and he meets, I think he meets um, Nestor next. Who I love. I love the idea of Nestor. Remember Nestor? Vaguely. So Nestor is the five clones. That, yep. Who, share, who share a single consciousness. And there's like, they say that there's planets of thousands of them. And they all share one consciousness. And they're like, we want to help you. The five of us. And he's like, why? And he goes, we fear how you say <laughs> dying of boredom. So they're literally just doing this so they're not bored. <laughs> well, the bear to do so. Yeah, yeah, we'll help you. Why not? But they have a lot of interesting scenes, and they explore that a lot. They're also psychic, which is also you know that helps. <laughs> I don't know how I feel about that though. Like, really? The whole time, just people reading my mind. Yeah, I I'd be uncomfortable too. But then again, you know you'd enjoy having mind reading powers, right? Well. Anybody would. <laughs> yeah, exactly. For a lot of reasons. <laughs> reasons we won't go into. No, but... no. We clearly have personal issues that won't be divulged in this episode. <laughs> Stay tuned. Stay tuned. We'll get my therapist on here. Oh, boy. So, anyway. Then he goes to the planet that, like... I can't remember the name of it, but it's, like, an underground city, supposedly. And, um... But it's all abandoned. And when he gets there... There's like a weird, there's, there's a prehistoric version of Tinder, I'll call it, because it's like, find a date, and he's like clicking through and seeing attractive women, and he clicks on one, and it, the door opens, and it's a corpse. <laughs> that I do remember. Yeah, yeah, and you're like, oh, no. <laughs> but that's where he meets Gelt, who, he's like a bounty hunter, and he's been like, He's been doing this so long, and he has so much money, but he's been doing it so long that he literally can't go anywhere. Because he just doesn't know. He's wanted everywhere. Yeah. Because he's killed so many different people. So he gets him on board because he's like, you're offering me a place to hide and some food? Yeah, I'm in. <laughs> I mean, whatever gets me off this rock, you know? And the interesting thing about it is, like, he's this, like, hard-edged, like, I, I've killed people and I don't care about it anymore and, like, it's not a thing character. Which is very... Because Robert Vaughn, the actor who plays him, was actually in Magnificent Seven, 
the Western version, which this is kind of based off of. And it's interesting because his character in that, his whole thing was that he had never killed anyone before. And that was his character arc in that movie, is that he finally killed someone. So to have him play the opposite of that is a really interesting character choice, I would say. When did you say? I said so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's like an interesting choice, I'd say. <laughs> I'm trying to find the name of that city as well. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that city was fascinating to me because it looked, just looked like ruins, and then he's just there in his chair holding a gun, and he's surrounded by treasure chests. <laughs> and he's just like, I eat serpents seven times a day. And it's like, oh, you are not enjoying your money. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, and, and I like the accurate representation of him that eventually you're going to get bored. I have everything and in the world, but I can't have, do anything. Yeah, eventually you have nowhere to go. <laughs> And you're just kind of like a rat, just like surviving wherever you can and wherever anyone will have you, or no one will have you, rather. Great. Every little bit of money in the world, but I can't do anything with it. Yeah. That's the trade-off to, you know, doing something highly illegal. <laughs> right. That's why they invented Amazon. No. <laughs> Amazon. I can't be tracked except for your Ooh, package. I can get a lobster dinner delivered. Name on the order. Jeffrey Dahmer. Dang it! Jeffrey Kilgore. <laughs> yes. Something random. Reginald P. Tinklebottoms. No. Uh, <laughs> There's some interesting names out there that I really want to throw in one of my shorts one day. <laughs> oh, yeah. I do that, too. Like, whenever I'm writing anything, I'll just, like, yeah, yeah, and just come up with a name. Yeah. And then, did you find the name of the city? Uh, no. Go to the wiki of the movie, because I'm sure it'll have all the plot points and, like... That's what I'm trying to do. Yeah. Because then we meet a character who I really want to talk about. Because <laughs> the characters, like... Choices I'm baffled by. The naming I'm... <laughs> I'm almost disappointed in. Like, it's very... I really want to talk about this character. <laughs> oh, gosh. Is it Akira? Yeah, I think so. Maybe? Or no, Akira is the main planet. Well, alright. Akira right, is right. the planet of the pacifists. Yeah. Who the reason they have a ship even that has battle capabilities is because there's a dude who basically retired there who was an adventurer when he was young. And now they're just kind of living there. Yeah. So Which, maybe... the ship designs in this movie are pretty great. I did like the main, the main ship. The main ship, yeah, and then like... I think the the, the the next character we meet, I enjoyed her ship. Because it's kind of just like, it's very fast. I mean, granted, though, that when you look at the Nell ship from behind, it kind of looks, it looks like, like two balls. Yeah. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my, oh, my God. It really does look like... We really looked at this movie differently, didn't we? <laughs> like, I, well, I just noticed it. I never really thought about it, but the main ship looks like it has two Wait. testicles on the back. On the back or on the front? Or is it the front? Is there a window? Oh, no, it's the front. Sorry. See, I didn't think it... I initially didn't think it was that. I thought it was... We're not. <laughs> a ship with, uh, with, uh, cups. <laughs> with cups. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it, uh, it does look like that. I see what you mean. It looks a little phallic. Uh. 
And who knows? Maybe that was them trying to poke at fun at sci-fi because that's yeah. what writing was. Or maybe they didn't realize it was phallic because they're not disturbed like us. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like a lot of those. I mean, like, like, like with the uh, what's her name? I keep blanking on these names, and I gotta stop doing that. Uh, that he first met. Oh, the first girl he met. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um. Nanelia. Natalia? Natalia, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, she was basically just a mate for that, so I mean... Yeah. First scene Tina. she's in, she's in a welder's hat. Like, the least sexy thing you could wear. Like, <laughs> Yeah, I mean, if you go from that to... You know... Saint Eczema? <laughs> to, uh, let's be mating partners, then... Yeah, yeah. You know, I could kind of see that maybe they poke a little jab with the, with the ship. You think if I went to a sci-fi convention and said that to someone, you think that would work as a pickup line? Let's be made any partners. <laughs> I feel like it'd probably be better than, um, what was that one joke, that Star Trek joke? Initiate thrusters or oh, something yeah. like that. <laughs> I feel like that'd be better than, uh... Put the, the ship into your docking port. Yeah. Yeah, something like that, because <laughs> then... You know. From from hunters, yeah, yeah. I feel like that would be like, oh, but I feel like if you're more subtle about it in a bad way. Not that I'm, a I'm not advocating that any yeah. of you do this. Please no, do no, not please. do this. No, no. Because, <laughs> you know, we always got to put that warning Live your truth and all, but, like, there's a point. <laughs> right. Although I will say, I don't think it would work for me at a convention saying to a woman, shall we conduct mating rituals? But if a girl said that to me, I'd be like, where are the chambers? Like, you know, <laughs> for me, I, I I don't know how I'd react to that because I really? feel like I feel like a lot of these sci-fi movies, if they said it just like that, I'd be like, well, there's a there's a weird sex joke in this movie where they're like, and his Lorgan was in the sh like she's just saying weird stuff, and this person's like, huh? And she goes, you know, sex, and it's like, oh, yeah. why did you say that from the get-go? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Isn't that what uh, Natalia was saying, though, too? No, no, Natalia was getting told that by Saint Eczema, who's the ne next character we meet. Right. Because you see her in her, like, she's got the battle warrior, battle maiden armor, you know, with, like, the wings and the chest thing and everything, and, like, a skirt. Right. Doesn't seem very practical for war, but <laughs> she's wearing it, and I was, for a second, I was like, she looks like a Valkyrie, and he goes... Ship, who are you? And she goes, I am Saint Eczema of the Valkyrie. And I'm like, wow, way to think outside of the press right up against the box. <laughs> the Valkyrie. Let's just change it slightly, guys. They won't notice. <laughs> oh, boy. And she, they initially, he doesn't want her to join initially. But, you know, she kind of tags along. And he's like, fine, whatever. So we got our fellowship of the ring. <laughs> right. We got our group, and they're heading back to the planet. And we saw, like, the capabilities of the main guy's ship and all that. And fancy dancy. Fancy dancy. He doesn't even ex he doesn't even make the ship, because you're thinking probably in your head, audience, oh, he shoots a laser from a ship, and, it, and the planet explodes. It doesn't do a Death Star explosion. We're talking it turns into pure white light, and then is just gone. Out of existence. Like, he blips it out of existence. <laughs> Which I feel like is scarier. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's just like, what? There's nothing. There, There's nothing. There's <laughs> not even, like, a time frame there. There's just... There's no asteroid field. There's just nothing. 
Which, uh, you know, is different from Star Wars, because, you know, at least the Death Star left a, uh... They thought they were in an asteroid field. Yeah, well, because they got to, they're, they're, they're like an Alderaan, they're like, well, where the hell's the planet? Yeah. <laughs> it's gone, it's been completely blown away. <laughs> yeah, with this one, it's just like, <laughs> there's nothing. <laughs> there was nothing ever there, there's no evidence of anything. And then, so yeah, we, we go back to the planet, and, you know... They get the planet ready for the battle. And what I thought was cool is they're like, they're using like xylophone sticks on a bunch of crystals and it's moving the planet in such a way that it's making trenches. And I'm like, explore that more, please. (laughs) And I love love about these movies. They just got these bizarre little things that you're just like, how do we explain this happening? This, this, this. Crystals and noise. Sure. <laughs> but you know that they're low budget, so you're probably never going to hear about them again. You're yeah. Just, they're like... You, but that's even... the best part! You it... just threw in all this random crap that. Yeah. And then, like, you know, the main bad guy ship... We're, we're blasting through this, but it's not even that long of a movie, is it? Like, comparatively. It's not. And uh, when you watch it, it doesn't... It doesn't feel long. It kind of starts, da 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 and it's then It's a little just slow from the first, like, 15 abrupt. minutes. Yeah. But once the fighting gets going, like, it gets they, going. It really picks up, and that's the... Pick it up, Yeah. Yeah, because you got the... You got the, the, the there's two fights going on, because you got the spaceship fight happening in space. Don't know why I needed to say that, but... And then you got the ground fight happening in the trenches between, like, the pacifist people who have never fought before, and the... They're bit. They look like storm. They're basically filling stormtroopers. I'd say. Right. Except I'm pretty sure they have scientific like you know eighth grade science guys where you had the goggles. I think yeah. They're wearing those. Well, I mean, it, it wasn't surprising because I mean, if you look at the main bad guy ship too, it really looks like a reverse to Star Destroyer. Yeah. Yeah. It looks like I, I. It looks like the back part of a Star Destroyer. On the front. Met the front part of the ship the Star Destroyer was chasing in the first Star Wars. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and credit, you know, it's still like, it still looks good. It still looks awesome and whatnot. <laughs> oh, excuse me. Yeah, it still looks pretty awesome and whatnot. It still doesn't look boring. <laughs> well, it doesn't look boring. You sound like the turtle from the Tootsie Pop commercials. I never made it without fighting. Ask Mr. L. Oh, jeez. For anyone born before 1910, you're going to love that joke. So yeah, the battle starts, and then we kind of get a break in between, like the fighting stops for a second, but in between that, uh, Gelt's ship gets shot down, and he like, he's, he looks like he's suffering when he dies. Yeah. Which sucks, because like... He was a good character. Yeah. Like, kids ask him, they're like, are you a bad man? And he's like, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, were you bad when you were little? And he goes, I was never that little. <laughs> and it's like dude you're traumatizing children just like stop cleaning your gun and like, <laughs> just just do your thing and like communicate yeah. yeah well and it's very sweet too because they give him a burial and they're like he's like bring him a full course meal and bury him with it and they're like bury him with a meal he goes that's what he was promised a full course meal and a place to hide and you're like oh don't get the emotions going <laughs> Can you tell I just watched this yesterday? Yeah, because I'm... <laughs> You're blanking on some stuff? I'm blanking on some stuff. Uh, it's been a couple of months and I watched it one other time. Oh, do me a favor for yourself, because I want to hear you remember this. 
look up the Saint Eczema Valkyrie character. Because when you first meet her, she's in the warrior armor, you know, and she's like got all the metal and stuff like that. When the battle starts, I guess at some point she changed her costume to what I can only describe as like SM fishnet terrifying. Do you remember that? Let me look it up. Real yeah, quick. yeah. Please, please add this to your search history because what? <laughs> Are you talking about, like, the... I'll come around. Yeah, the silver... Yeah, she goes from the silver warrior armor, which you meet her in before the fight starts, and then she goes into, like, the outfit she wears when she's fight. That. That. Why would you go from battle armor to that <laughs> when the fight actually starts? <laughs> you have to have that sex appeal, I guess. She already... Look Even though her the... butt was hanging out the entire time. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, don't thank... You know what I mean? <laughs> I mean, the same thing with Barbarella, though. Oh, Barbarella. We will cover that at some point, because <laughs> there's a lot to be said. Like the comment, uh, but we're... Uh, yeah, that's definitely an interesting one. Yeah, yeah. Well, and like, she... Um, it, it, there's an interesting contra contrast between her race and the main character shad's race because her race are warrior people and their motto is apparently live fast fight hard and die fantastically or something like that i'm pretty close but his is like yeah total pacifism like don't harm any creature and no creature will harm you <laughs> right yeah but he learns like yeah it's not always the case that's <laughs> not the case you no, know no you gotta defend yourself <laughs> like some people will attack you completely unprovoked and for no reason. That's just how world is. You know. Oh, yeah, you're just playing. Well, I think GTA 5, for anybody who's been on GTA Online, mm -hmm. I think that's a perfect example. I think you can all agree to. Oh, yeah. People just attack you out of nowhere. First time I was playing, I was just flying a plane. And people started shooting at me. And I'm like, what is the purpose? <laughs> yeah, it's like pacifism unless you put pacifist mode. Yeah. Passive mode in there. Mm-hmm. But then as soon as you start a job, you gotta take it off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Noah Sweeta, 2020. As soon as you start a job, you gotta take it off. <laughs> <laughs> we have dirty minds. So, the fighting... <laughs> fighting makes you gotta start... You gotta take it off. You start, yeah. mm -hmm. you start, start the job. Yeah. I, I, I want to talk for a second about, like... Because costume design in this movie, I thought, was pretty great. It was. Yeah. The, 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 the large decor of everything right down to the costume design was mm -hmm. very unique and it was very interesting to see the way that they that they put them because cowboy's character he looks like a cowboy like he's wearing like the fur mutton, the fur chaps and like the vest and the hat and he's got a belt <laughs> I'm not kidding he pushes buttons on it and it dispenses scotch soda and ice that, that <laughs> I do remember I lost my mind. I was like, where can I get that? Like, even Batman's belt can't do that. <laughs> Batman. I, Batman can do that if he really wants to. I mean, yeah. I really went to a Monty voice there. Yeah, you really did. You really did. But there, there is a funny thing from that, because he explains how the belt works, and then stuff really starts to go down, and he just gets the scotch in his glass and drinks it straight. And she's like, you forgot the soda and ice. And he goes... Uh, I found no, a I gift. Didn't. I found the gift for it. <laughs> the belt, yes. 
And if you guys just want to look up uh, Battle Beyond the Stars uh, Space Cowboy GIF, you'll find <laughs> or uh, Drink GIF, you'll find it. Yeah, I'm, if we post these without uh, with videos all yeah, you'll you'll put a bunch of clips and gifs on there, I'm sure. But um, but yeah, so the fighting starts up again after we get a little bit of a break. Um, the main guy who originally owned the ship, now he dies, too. Which, eh, I don't know if it was... I mean, what do you think? Think it was necessary? Not really? Maybe? Eh, yeah, yeah. If or, but I feel like it was just in there to have more... More stakes. drama. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know, like... I saw a clip from Warrior None the other day that you know, like somebody died. I haven't really watched it, but no to spoilers. Me, I want to watch. It. I'm not gonna suspect. I really haven't watched it. I okay. just saw one clip. Uh, but you know, the person who did die, whoever they were, I really don't remember. But mm -hmm. um, I was like, this "Why seems... did you die? You could have easily saved that person and yeah. not died." Mm -hmm. You know, so I feel like I feel like you know that his was just kind of a needless. It was there to add to the body count, I feel it, like. Yeah, but it wasn't necessary. No, no. And then the fighting starts back up again, and, like, just one after... Well, oh, no, so we get that, the one of my favorite scenes, because the um, Nestor, the clones, who are, like, psychically linked, consciously linked, they see what everyone else sees, blah, 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 one of them gets captured on purpose. Do you remember this? I think. So he gets captured on purpose, and they're gonna torture him. And the main bad guy, he's he like he has a whole thing throughout the whole first movie where his arm is messed up. Okay. So he decides to take off his regular arm that's hurt, and put on the Nestor clone arm. And then all the other Nestors start moving Falling. their hand in a motion to slice his own throat, and they almost do it. And I was like, no way! <laughs> do you remember that? I think so. Oh, it was so cool for a second. I was like, dude, you almost had it. Like, his knife, the knife touches his neck for, like, a second and makes a motion. But it doesn't cut his neck. And I was like, that would have been so cool if that's so how they we all died. That together, yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And then the fight happens. The second, like, round of fighting. And just, like, everybody <laughs> Pretty much. Pretty much. Like, just one ship, one after another, after another, after another. And I think... Did you have a favorite death, you think? If no! You, I did like how St. Exima, she, like, broke off part of her ship and then self-destructed the rest of it. But when she broke off part of her ship, it was to disable the big planet-destroying laser. Yeah. That was cool. That was very cool. I think just this movie as a whole, I didn't... Mm -hmm. I think I'm still trying to... Remember it? Remember, but also, like, comprehend it in a way. Yeah, I Because it's one of those that you, you take in. Not that it, not in a bad way at all. It just... It could use a rewatch just to, like, catch some stuff. Yeah. And I know... You know, and there's a lot to take in and always look around with those yeah. types of movies because you always see something new. Mm -hmm. Well, and I love, like, the set design. Like, everything's very practical. Like, you can tell, like, this is a soundstage, but they really tried to make it not, and they, they, to their credit, it looks really good. 
Yeah, and that's the part I like, when you can mm-hmm. still tell it something, because that adds to the realism. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, with, with set design, I feel like, you know, if you didn't make it, mm-hmm. I feel like if you didn't see... Because, you know, every structure is based off some kind of structure. Exactly. As exactly. well. So I feel like with these sci-fi movies... That's why when you see CGI, mm-hmm. it's like, why? Yeah, exactly. Well, like, that's the... Because that looks too perfect. That's the thing as well. Like, no... I hate when people, like, compare movies and say, like, the idea wasn't original. I'm pretty sure the last original idea anyone had was fire. (laughs) You know what I mean? The only original idea that came was probably at least the 1940s, and that was about it. 1940s, 1950s. And those, after that, there was really no original ideas. Mm -hmm. Because those were, like, the last ones. Because then you got the blob, and you got all the novels and whatnot. Like, even Star Wars, a movie you and I both love. A lot of stuff is taken from other stuff. No. A lot of it is based off of the samurai tradition. Yep. And and Star Trek inspiration in some sense, too. The first movie is based off of The Hidden Fortress by Akira Kurosawa, which you watch that movie and then watch A New Hope, and you're like, yeah. (laughs) And what's it called? The Hidden Forest? Hidden Fortress. Hidden Fortress. Fortress. And then, like, the AT-ATs are literally construction cranes. Like, that's that, how he yeah, got the idea. And then, um, the Imperial, the Red Guards that stand by the Emperor, that flank the Emperor, those are just, like, he saw them in Europe, I think. He saw, like, Buckingham Palace's guards. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, it's a cool movie. It's just, and we love the heck out of that whole franchise. But that's why Empire Strikes Back did better, because it's really just saying its own thing. Exactly. Exactly. I I can't believe you went through this whole conversation without mentioning the, the space nipple cannon. Well, I, I was. That's why when you meant when I mentioned the ship. Yeah, yeah. Uh, from Battle Beyond the Stars, I'm like that looked like space boobs too. Yeah, yeah. Uh, for, for, for this isn't us being perverts. We're no, this is legitimately, legitimately what it looks like. And if you've seen Family Guy's version of it, their parody, you they they make a joke about it too that mm-hmm. they, they fire the giant space titty. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm losing my freaking mind right next to a Godzilla poster. Like, oh my god. <laughs> but you know, uh. You know, but yeah, that's the thing that I always noticed. I always thought that those guns, even when I was little, looked a little funny. Yeah. And I, and I could never, and I could never quite point out what it is. This looks What's familiar. That's the, <laughs> the fact that literally, uh, not being perverted at all, just being truthful. No. That really, we're how using, round those guns are. We're using our eyes. It literally <laughs> looks like a giant, a giant nipple, on a boob. Yeah. Just a very Rick Nickel that starts sliding down and shooting out lasers. <laughs> In the reality. And same thing with uh, with with the ship and Bow Beyond the Stars, the main ship. It literally looks like two two giant breasts. Yeah, yeah. You said sax first, but then I made you realize that that is what it looks like. I mean, it does look like sax, but it looks more like boobs. Yeah, I mean, do you guys really think there's a coincidence that the AI in the ship is a woman? <laughs> well, and that's the thing, because a lot of these, these other sci-fi movies, too, they have a lot of hidden meaning, because a lot mm-hmm. of what sci-fi was, was sex appeal. Sim- How do you get yeah. people to not be bored by something that's, 
you know, kind of a, a, a ripoff or a inspired by, like, a Star Wars or Star Trek. Yeah. You put boobs in it, and everybody's like, oh, yeah, boobs, you know, which, or, hey. and girls, which is like, no, that's not what you have to do. I'm fascinated enough by the special yeah. effects already. We don't need a tri-breasted hooker from Eroticon right. 5. Which, uh, for Barbarella, <laughs> it, it's an interesting sci-fi, but I felt like they spent more time on uh, Jane Fonda's naked body than they actually did investing time into the plot. To <laughs> their credit, special it's effects. young Jane Fonda. <laughs> I mean, I get that, and I get it was based off the comics, but like yeah. at the same time, I was like, you know, that's why I like what, what makes Battle Beyond the Stars stick out and stuff mm-hmm. like that with Roger Corman. No pun. It's not... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Yes, I'm so sorry. But... I'm sorry, everybody. <laughs> I couldn't help it. Some um, movies, <laughs> but you know, but but this movie, it, it felt more than just like boobs. Yeah, it, it felt like they they actually were going somewhere with with what they were doing. But the movies you make, you need to put that as a review on one of the boxes. More than just boobs. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I mean, like, that's all these sci-fi movies were other than Star yeah. Trek. I mean, I was just sitting there and I'm like, I'm watching some of these like on Amazon Prime because that's where a lot of these mm-hmm. old movies are and they're really good. They're fun to watch. And I'm just sitting there like, why, why is there so much boobs? Yeah, this, is, this is how nerds like got exposed to that, but hit it from their parents as nerdy. No, I'm going to see a sci-fi movie, mucker. <laughs> right. And it really there's was no, just a bunch of titties hanging there's out. There's no there. woman's cleavage and gold bikinis and twigs. <laughs> right. And then people see Jane Fonda, which, b- believe it or not, Barbarella mm-hmm. is still rated PG. No. Rip. I would have thought it would have been rated R. Spaceballs is still PG, and I still think that's bizarre. Well, they relabeled that on DVD as PG-13 now. 13? How many times did they say the F word in that movie? <laughs> I don't. Did they? I feel like they say it a few times. You idiots! You've captured their stunt doubles. <laughs> <laughs> if you guys don't know Spaceballs, check it out, <laughs> please. <laughs> um. Well, there's also the phallic symbols in that movie, where they have to hold it like up there, you know. I am your brother's father. I am your father's brother's cousin's sister's roommate. What does that make us? Absolutely, absolutely nothing. nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine if Vader would have said May that. May the Schwartz be with you. <laughs> well, they did the Thumb Wars thing. Did you ever see Thumb Wars? I did see, like, bits and pieces i am your mother <laughs> he's like wearing a pink dress <laughs> no <laughs> um one use of the f word oh okay why do i remember more i don't know maybe they said asshole a lot yeah that's that's where i probably <laughs> but no but barbarella right in the beginning not mm-hmm. even there's Jane Fonda's naked. She's got her boobs hanging out, her butt and everything. And I'm sitting there like, go on. Well, I'm supposed to sit there like, we're not even five minutes into the movie and there's already a naked woman on screen just dancing around, stripping. And I'm like, I thought this was a sci-fi movie, not a space stripper, like, you know, showgirls in space. Listen, there's the art of getting people into the seats and then there's the art of keeping them in the seats. <laughs> keeping them in the seats doing what, though? 
Ask Pee Wee Herman. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know. Do you understand the reference I made? I do. I believe okay, I good. do. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Just making sure. Whoosh. Ah. Literally, Barbarella opposed to like some of these other things, like the black hole, which yeah. still sounds disturbing. It sounds like a porno. <laughs> it, does, it does sound like a space porno. I'm not gonna lie. That and Star Crash sounds like a cheesy porno. Star name. Crash. That's the other one that yeah. Roger Corman made. Uh, if you guys want to watch that, we might do the review on that one too. Yeah. I still have yet to watch that. Uh, but um, no, definitely that. Uh, the thing that comes with um, with uh, with these sci-fi movies is that the problem I have with a lot of the earlier ones is that they were just too sexualized because it like, like literally Barbarella sexy. was was it, the poster looks cool and everything but it is literally showgirls in space yeah have, mixed with fantasy we're not saying we're against sexiness in movies but no but there's have a, the story first <laughs> the, the whole movie does not need to be focused on a naked woman sex appeal yeah like yeah. It, it gets repetitive yeah really it really you know and that's a lot of things everybody's like well you're guys you must love it and it's like no, well, no. i'm paying to see people shoot lasers at each other and paying to see star wars i don't want to see boobs <laughs> right like when i when i look when i watch star wars i don't care like the whole thing with the secret trilogy and i'm just saying this i'm just yeah. putting this out there i don't care if ray is the most powerful female in the galaxy you don't have to push that on me no, no. the only thing i care about is that she's hitting somebody with a laser sword yes that's what i we want... signed up for when we bought the tickets i'm gonna stop this voice you know i want to i want to i want to see people shoot each other i want to watch somebody literally fly into a backflip because the the blaster bolt was so heavy that they just went Ragdoll mode, right? I want to see someone throw an intergalactic grenade, like you know, and that's what I like about these other sci-fi movies. I like, but my favorite part is seeing the laser effects, like just mm-hmm. how HD they look. Yeah, and they're not really that remastered either. If you no. look at the original footage, mm-hmm. like unedited, remastered, like a lot of these, like these clips on YouTube or Daily Motion or whatever, it's cool. Yeah, like the black hole lasers, unedited, like even just like nice. a little remaster for a DVD. Yeah, we'll have, like we'll have to talk about that movie later too. Cause that is yeah. a lot of fun because their laser is, uh their their laser effects are, wow! Like I was surprised. Like that's how their lasers look like. Uh, and if we put an image, if we do a video in here, I'll show you guys. Yeah. But bam. yeah, but like, <laughs> oh. yeah, bam! <laughs> they're they're really good. Same with the uh, Battle Beyond the Stars. They're they're practical effects and uh, CGI. Yeah. I, I praise uh, the costuming. Yes, uh, th- was was really was really good as well. Very fun movie. Very fun movie overall. And it kind of gave me. I, it may be just me, but it gave me uh, the last Starfighter vibes. Yeah, the the like his flight suit. His flight really suit. Does look the way, like a... the way he just takes a random ship and goes out. Yeah. And how he's on a mission to find himself and save all these people, and really yeah. all everybody is back home while he's going out. And, yeah discovering this and meeting all these different people and whatnot and it's a very thing of like i there's something to be said for the reluctant hero you know not the guy who's like i'm gonna do it because i can the guy who's like no you can there are more qualified people like why me me. (laughs) yeah and then you you have to realize like all right i guess i gotta step up so i'm gonna do it like i'm gonna do it because i have no other choice and that's what makes these so engaging it's more relatable 
what makes Luke Skywalker such engaging and relatable is uh, more engaging and relatable is the fact that he's literally just a nobody. Yeah. Luke Skywalker is nobody. Yeah. He he's working on a moisture farm. <laughs> and and doing nothing with his life. He's not going anywhere. He's just got held back by his uncle and stuff too. Like he doesn't even get to go to Tashi Station to pick up power converters. Like he's yeah. Where where the hell did he, did he get those power converters? Did he get them? Is that what happened well, before he moved to Octu? We don't know. No. Did you ever see the Robot Chicken parody of that? I, uh, yeah, I think I did. <laughs> it cuts to Tatooine and like there's a building called Tashi Station and there's like doom, 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 and they're like, ladies and gentlemen, give it up for the power converters, and a bunch of ladies come out. I feel like that, like, everybody just makes a joke for the power converters, but yeah. has anybody ever just sat and asked themselves, what are the power converters? I'd assume by name they convert power. But from yeah, what? But, or to what? But why, yeah, why does he so desperate to go get these power converters? Yes, and why Tashi Station? Is there no other place? Yeah, why is it called Tashi Station? Yeah, that's why you guys listen to us. We ask the important questions. <laughs> Forget the fact that, you know, there's space droids and it's futuristic and they're on a desert planet while people are literally killing other people yeah. with lasers. What about Tashi Station and the power converter? Did we buy them? All right. Well, but, you know, we're getting there. But I think uh, that's as much that could be said. Battle Beyond the Stars is a is a very uh, uh, interesting movie. It's yeah. one of those fun popcorn movies by Roger Corman that that it, really does hold up. Yeah, it's really good. You know, it may not be like it may not be it's Star Wars, but it's definitely one of those movies that I'm glad I saw. Yeah, and it, it's definitely one of those that I would watch again, especially just to remember it because I. When I what I do remember is that I did have a great time watching. Yeah, that's it. That's the thing. It's a fun time. No, don't go into this being like expecting Shakespearean level acting. You're gonna be disappointed. Expect it like Sharknado. Have fun. Just have fun. Have For, fun. Take all the logic you have from your brain, throw it out your second story window, and just watch some space lasers. And you know, you know. You know, and if you're listening to this podcast, <laughs> Did you just uh, break? I, I just like, <laughs> you, I know, break <laughs> you know, you know, <laughs> guys, he's stroking out. No, no, how to stroke here? No, uh, foaming from your nose. <laughs> Why the nose? <laughs> I don't know, because people always film from the mouth. Like, film has to come out of other places, right? We're making our own sci-fi, yeah. sci-fi properties. Uh, but, you know, if you if you guys are listening to this podcast, you're obviously listening for one of two reasons. You're either intrigued by the fact of movies, or you just like two guys shooting the shit between yeah. each other about different movies. So you're obviously doing it for one reason or another. But if you like movies, you know, you're either listening to it to be like, oh, I'll give this a chance, or you just like hearing two guys... Shooting the shit with each other. Yeah. And there's nothing wrong with that either. Basically what the, the show is. Um, But yeah, always go into these movies with open minds. I don't know why so many people are, are so adamant about, this movie wasn't good because it didn't have this. Da, 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 da. It's, it's not Star Wars. It's, right. And that's not what makes a movie. What makes a movie, and the most important thing to always remember, is that what makes a movie a movie is that people make it and they enjoy it. Yeah. You don't need to get angry about it and talk about it until four in the morning on the internet with strangers you don't know. That's the thing about Star Wars. I understand people are serious about it and they love it. It's a movie about space wizards. Okay. You know, and, and the thing that like I have a problem with, because I will admit it, the thing that I hate the most is that Disney really took this and they didn't really give it any thought. Yeah, exactly. You need to make these movies with a passion. When you don't make it and you're just making it about money, it really does show. It really does show. 
And the, uh, the only like credit I will give Disney for a Star Wars movie that was good was Rogue, Rogue One. One. Rogue One. Rogue One is the only one because Gareth Edwards made it with a passion. Yes. And uh, you guys can say what you want about The Force Awakens, mm. and you can say whatever you want. All I'm going to say, and that everybody will know my opinion, is that I am not a Disney Star Wars fan. The only two things that I ever saw that were any good coming out so far that I felt like had a lot of passion and love mm-hmm. put into it was Rogue One because Gareth Edwards was dedicated. He went to the actual hut yeah. that they used to film for Tatooine. He was more than ecstatic about making this. I think Rogue One is one of those that people complain about, but it is actually one of the best stories out there. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people argue that the characters are thin and shallow. Yeah. I'm okay with that because, again, if you know the ending, which I won't say on here. No, don't, please. The, the ending is wonderful, and it doesn't matter if they're shallow. I exactly. think that they were as described as they need to be. Because, again, it was just about a band of rebels. That Ooh. is what it was about. A band of makeshift soldiers who didn't match, mm-hmm. but were still willing to do anything to, to save the galaxy and bring something, that honor and justification. Something bigger than themselves. Exactly. And, you know, like with these movies, Battle Beyond the Stars, that's what our main protagonist is about. That's what our, what every protagonist is about. So that's why these are fun movies. They, And they, 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 they take a different approach to the sci-fi genre in space. Yeah, which is not a bad thing. It's space. There's literally endless. So many things you can do <laughs> with the similarities. Because how many times, like, you know, with Disney, I'm kind of glad that they're making more content. Mm-hmm. Because a lot 100%. of people were like, oh, well, what if they make this, this, and that, like George Lucas was saying. And I said... I don't see it that way. Yeah. Star Trek is all over the place. Mm-hmm. Granted, they do have their hit and miss series. Oh, yeah. And areas. Like, Enterprise, for me, is one of those okay series. But I'm still in the first few episodes, like, on the third episode of the first season. Yeah, yeah. I don't, however, like the song that they chose. Why they had to choose a country song for the opening annoys the crap out of me. And that's absolutely ridiculous. Why they didn't just make their own When did Enterprise come theme? out? 2001. Okay, it so did. they weren't writing off the coattails of Firefly yet. No. that's what Firefly and did, and it's perfect. I don't... Why do you need a country song for a space opera? Come on. Yeah, I mean, have you seen Firefly? Not yet. Oh. It's on my list. That's why. If you need an answer, that's why. Uh, you don't need a country song for Star Trek. Watch Firefly and then talk to me. Oh. <laughs> Not for Star Trek. Okay. For Firefly, I could see that. But yes. what, something with Star Trek that's already been established... Yeah. Which we definitely need to do a Star Trek episode. Yeah, how do we go from... Do, 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 to... You know. Right. <laughs> like, and... How do we go from sousaphone to... Country. country. <laughs> and we don't need that. No. But, uh, to say the least, you know, that, that these, are, these are enjoyable. And I finally gave Star Trek a chance, and I absolutely love it. Because it does answer... It's, it's one of those things. What is Beyond the Stars? Because there's so many times that I've asked myself, what the hell is out there in the Star Wars galaxy? There's got to be something. And I want to see it. I don't want to see it in a comic. I don't want to read about it in a book. I want to see it on screen in front of me. And I feel like, you know, Battle Beyond the Stars, Star Crash, all those, they really make that point of... Yeah, that there's there's other ways of viewing sci-fi out there. And it's interesting. It really is. It's different and it's it's interesting. It's a great difference. Um, if you guys will definitely be doing, I think our next podcast episode, besides what we record, what we're doing for our other projects, I think Star Crash would appropriately come next because it is Roger Corbin. I completely yep. forgot about that. Black Hole and then maybe that, yeah. Because I um, still really want to talk about that. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And I gotta, I gotta finish it and rewatch both. We'll um, make a schedule. Yes. <laughs> but. With each other. Um, yeah, and then as this picks up, uh, 
and gets out to more people. I think what would be good is if we did Instagram and just did polls. Yeah. Of what people want us to do next and yeah. uh, recommending a. We don't know, you know when that'll happen because currently we're we're doing some pre-recording stuff because the world's not getting any saner. So we don't know when it's going to be when we'll have to be stuck in our house again. So we both kind Definitely. of we both kind of like agreed with ourselves. Yeah, let's pre-make some stuff and then when we're trapped in our house, let's give people something to listen to. And I, I it's a great idea. Yeah, and uh, as long as you guys will appreciate this, we'll keep making more and more. But uh. Yeah. I think for now, with the the battle battle beyond the stars, which is definitely worth a view, it's on Amazon Prime, yeah. I believe. Amazon uh, Prime Voodoo for Voodoo. free, I think, with ads uh, to be. Yeah, and then uh, check out Star Crash if you guys want to see Roger Corman. There's, there's a really there's some really good Roger Corman stuff out there. He's like the king of independent films, yeah. and he's still alive. He's like 91, I think, right now or 92. Um, Mystery Science Theater did did their own version on uh, 2017, I think. Uh, but right now, the stars? no Star Crash. Oh, okay. Uh, you can watch on Tubi right now. It's free on Pluto TV. It's free. Voodoo. Uh, Netflix with the, it's on Netflix. Really? Uh, Star Crash? Uh, supposedly. Let me let me fact check that. Yeah, yeah let's let's out. make sure it's not like, <laughs> it's not on Netflix in Forgenfagen or whatever. Yeah, European or countries. or Mystery Science Theater because as much as I love them, I like to just sit and watch the actual movie first. Yeah, and I then watch commentary. <laughs> right. Uh, oh my gosh, can you imagine? I would love to be. I would love for to be involved in a movie that ends up on there. Like, oh, I'm assuming that. Star Crash is part of the Mystery Science Theater. Uh, well, uh, on Netflix, I'm assuming it's from another country because I don't see it on the U.S. version because okay. they do have different stuff on there. Yeah, that's true. That's true. You can um, still watch Friends and Netflix if you're in Italy. <laughs> yeah, but it's definitely on Amazon Prime, Tubi TV, Pluto TV. Uh, if you guys want to check that out, uh, I can double check on Voodoo here for you. See if that's uh, on there as well. Uh, if that's uh, watch for free, because I know that yeah. those change. Uh, okay, never mind. It signed me out of my library for some reason. So um, technical difficulty. Everything is technical difficulty with Voodoo. I'm Technically, I love technical. Voodoo. Don't get me wrong. Oh but yes, fantastic. You're telling me I just have to log onto my phone and I can watch all these movies I bought? Get out of here. Right. Get out of my office. What? <laughs> um, let's see. I haven't um, checked out any of Voodoo's like self-made content. They don't have a lot, but they, like, have some made... They're good! It is? Okay. Some of, their, have... some of their stuff is actually pretty good. Because, uh, to my knowledge, they got the one movie and then the one Mr. Mom show. Which I hear is funny, but I just haven't haven't looked at it. Mr. Mom is uh, based off a classic, though. Oh, yeah, with, um... And I've heard that's really not as good as the original. I, how can it ever? You're doing a TV show instead of a movie. That already begs some questions. Yeah. But the original's got, um... Oh, why am I blanking on his name? Batman from 19... Val Kilmer? No, no, no. Not Batman Forever. Batman and the second one. Michael Keaton? Yeah, thank you. Oh, yeah, Michael, Michael Keaton, Keaton, right. But, but, I knew he's that. He's Mr. Mom. He has a great line in that movie where he's like, you want a beer? And the guy's like, it's seven in the afternoon. It's seven in the morning. Oh, right. Whiskey? <laughs> <laughs> see, I have yet to see that. But We'll do a um, whole episode on Michael Keaton comedies. <laughs> and uh, for those, uh, depending on when this gets out, we we definitely know Michael Keaton's coming back for the Flash, yeah. Movie, so that'll be Flash fun. Movie. Is that confirmed? Yeah, sick. He'll be coming back sick. with Bruce Wayne, so yeah. uh, perfect opportunity to do a Batman Beyond. Yeah, exactly. Uh. So uh, 
Yeah, we don't know when this is coming out. Um, if we're dead. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Let's hope not. Let's our not search, jinx it. Our search history will be in the description. <laughs> I will. Uh, I, I think I'm going to pass on my search history. Really? <laughs> You're dead. Why would you care? No, I'm kidding. <laughs> I don't need to be like this destroy the porn crap where you have to come back. And, you know, it's like, oh, there's so much of the history to delete. And, oh, this is on there. I want you to clear my browser history. Yeah. <laughs> So. I want you to kill them and clear my browser. All Pretty right. much. Uh, but yeah, so uh, ch- definitely check these. They're both on Amazon Prime and uh, I believe Tubi. Yeah. So if you guys want to check those out, they're definitely worth a watch. Go into it with an open mind. Enjoy yourselves. Yeah. Have a little popcorn and uh, shoot the shit with each other afterwards yeah. and let us know what you think. If this gets um, put on YouTube, we'll put all our ads in the description if you want to follow us anywhere else. Oh, yeah. And uh, if you guys like barbecue sauce... Yes. Uh, definitely Wait. check out. We have a sponsor, but we can't find the card. Where um, did you put the card? I didn't put it. Don't blame it on me. You had the card last. No, I didn't. <laughs> uh, but we'll have a link in the description for Hoy's uh, family, uh, friends, uh, family and friends barbecue. So. <laughs> you really sound it. I'm trying to think of it. I'm thinking of the card because you're looking did around it for fall it. Fall in so. the Christmas bag well, of what? In, what in the God's name of Sam Hill and all that is good and holy? That is all the... But yeah, if you guys want to try out some really, really good homemade barbecue Here. sauce, uh, definitely check out Hoy's uh, Friends and Family Barbecue. We'll put a link to the site in there. But if you guys are definitely looking for some good, good-ass good barbecue, yeah. definitely check those out. So. Tell them we sent you. It'll <laughs> yeah. do nothing, but... <laughs> Just tell them that you sent them that way and enjoy it. So, yeah. uh, Without further ado, though, guys... This is it. We'll conclude this episode of Film Nerds Hour. But yeah. we all hope that you enjoyed it. We always love coming out here and uh, recording these and shooting yeah. shit and talking about these amazing movies that some are crappier than others, but yes. in a good way. In this next episode, for next week, we're getting to a pick that Noah has never seen of mine. Do you want to say? Oh, no. we got to save it. I'm all right. Just know he's never seen it. I have. I told him to see it and... You can Yay! say it's a foreign movie. Yeah, yeah. That's what we'll say. say. You haven't watched a lot of foreign movies. I've seen some. I still have to watch First Love. First Love is up there with my All right. favorite so far. All right, guys. We will talk to you later. Bye. Let us know what you think. And don't forget to check out uh, Hoy's Family Barbecue yes. uh, down in the description below. Yes. So, we'll see you. See you good later. people. We love you. <laughs>